you can take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. While you are doing that, the 4th of July is a very special day in the life of America. And um, as we celebrate the birth of this nation again, and uh, every 4th of July I'm, I'm always uh, uh, impacted by that and the remembrance that I have of reading and studying. Um, I'm not so sure that I liked history in school, but uh, I have come to, uh, to really uh, revere it a whole lot more than what I used to. I am also a patriotic person. If you haven't seen my tie, uh, you can. I, I, uh, I see a, a number of you uh, that are also patriotic, and, and I think that's good. I think we need to be. I think we should be. I, uh, I, think that, I don't think that's anathema uh, to the Lord. In fact, this nation, and uh, some I doubt very many of you, but, I, but some may disagree uh, that this nation was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles, biblical principles, as a matter of fact. And um, uh, I know there are those who do disagree with that, but that's okay. You can disagree, and as a professor of mine said once, you can go ahead and be wrong the rest of your life if that's what you want to be. But uh, nevertheless, I would like for us to recognize our veterans. If we have any veterans in here, would you please stand if you can? Any veterans? All right. Good. I think we need to give them a thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, there are also those who have, uh, those who are currently serving in military. Do we have any of those here today? If you, if you are here, would you please stand? Representing your family. Okay. I, I know we have, um, we have one that's usually here on Wednesday night. Uh, their family is, uh, is that Leon? There you go. I uh, uh, thank you, thank you. Let's give. I thought so. I was, couldn't find you, Leon. I knew you. I'd seen you earlier. So, all right, and Tommy, that's good. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate our folks in military service, and we appreciate them. Now, I want to ask you if you would do me a favor, and could we say the pledge to our flag? And would you please stand? Salute and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, for all. Thank you. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for a nation from its founding trusted in you, looked to you, was guided by your biblical foundations. And today, 
we have grown so far. from that foundation. Help us, your children, Lord, to repent. Because your word declares that if my people, my people called by my name, Christians, will turn from their ways, their wicked ways, seek my face, seek my favor, in turning, we repent, Lord. In seeking your face, we cry out. God, forgive us. Forgive our leaders who've misled us, who are misleading us. God, help us to get on the right path to return to you so that you, were, you will hear us. You will heal us. And you will renew us. We thank you for the freedoms which we have and still enjoy. But those that we see that are gradually eroding based upon those who desire differently than your Christ followers. Oh God, Be merciful to us and gracious to us and help us, Lord, to stand up and to speak up for that which is right in your eyes, in your will for America. We thank you again for this nation, for your hand upon us. And oh God, continue to keep your hand upon us today and tomorrow and the tomorrows to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Taking your Bibles, turning to Matthew chapter 5, looking at verses 13 through 16. In honor of God's Word, if you can, please stand with me in honor of God's Word. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor... How shall it be seasoned or reseasoned? It is then good for nothing but it is but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Thank you, and you may be seated.
I know our men's Sunday school class is in uh, the book of Matthew, and uh, this has been a recent uh, topic and study of theirs. I, I hope I do not de- deviate from what they, this was after I have come, so I hope I do not deviate too far, if far at all, from what they studied. In this passage, Jesus is talking with his disciples. In fact, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 says, Seeking and seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them. And then in the next 12 verses, he gives us the Beatitudes. Now, what are Beatitudes? They are just that. Beatitudes. They are the different attitudes that the, the Christian should have and should operate on and by in his life. It is attitudes, thoughts that we operate, live by, love by, act by in our lives. Jesus is pointing out to us how we should then live. In the verses that I have read in our passage this morning, Jesus points out the believer's responsibility. What you and I are responsible to do, how we're to live, how we're to act, how we're to love in our world. And he's, this, is a, this is just one section away from the Beatitudes in verses 3 through 10, or actually 3 through 12, and, and yet they are connected by the same teaching that Jesus gave. It is an understanding. Jesus gives us these principles as an understanding. What that means is Jesus never thought or never gave it a thought that it would not be in the Christian's life to operate in this way. It was was not in his mind that when he sought out and when he taught the disciples there, that we would not do this. It is an understanding that we would do it. We would operate by it. It would be our modus operandi. Jesus desires us to be this. And what is he saying? What then does he say? Well, today being really actually part of the 4th of July weekend. So I thought it, in, in prayer and, and leadership, I thought it appropriate to bring this message that applies to our nation as a whole. But don't mistake it. Christians in a nation that once was, by the way, it once was, a Christian nation. I believe that. When I read Thomas Jefferson, when I read George Washington, I believe this was a nation under God. But we have come so far from that today. We have moved, and, and, and wanting to move so much further away from it. And so, it's it's, Jesus never thought. In in my heart and my mind as I look at this and study this, that was not in Jesus' mind when he said and told us to do in these few verses here that I've read, or the Beatitudes either, differently than that. There are two things that Jesus tells us here that we are to be as Christian believers in our world today. 
Billy Graham has said, if America is to survive, we must elect more God-centered men and women to public office. Individuals who will seek divine guidance in the affairs of state. Hallelujah. That is as correct a statement as I've ever heard. And Billy Graham said this a number of years ago when he was still living and still preaching. Jesus Christ as our leader, as our Lord, as our Savior has given us marching orders then. Here in verses 13 through 16, he tells us that we are two different things and we can be these things simultaneously. He first of all says in verse 13, we are influencers on the earth. We are influencers. We are salt. Look at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Our faith should be an influencing factor in our lives. Wherever we go, whatever we do, it doesn't matter what work we are in, it doesn't matter what our, our occupation is, it doesn't matter what school we go to, we are to be influencers. Our values, our standards in life ought to influence others around us. If it makes them sick, it ought to make them sick. It still ought to influence them, no matter what. It shouldn't stop even in the political arena. There shouldn't even be a hesitation on our part of us interjecting our values and our standards. Be it biblical or just what we believe. Our values and standards come from the Word of God. They are based upon what Jesus said. We are to be an influencer in life. And our morals and standards which come from here, the Word of God, should be that which we operate by, should be that which people see us by and judge us by. So we need to reflect in this message on whether our values and our standards are up to par today. Dr. James Dobson has said, We live in a representative form of government where we are its leaders. It means every citizen has a responsibility to participate in the decisions that are made. And that includes people of faith using their influence for what is moral and just. We are influencers. We are salt on the earth. Salt. Salt is a seasoning agent. Today, in just a little while, yeah, it won't be long, in just a little while, we're going to go to lunch. Some are going to eat maybe turkey, dressing, giblet gravy. Some are going to eat fried chicken, the gospel bird, <laughs> mashed potatoes. Green beans, biscuits. I don't know, does anybody make biscuits in here anymore? Oh, cool, all right. Some are going to eat steak, yeah, baked potato. I like steak, by the way. Some will eat different things. But there are two little bottles of things that are going to be sitting on your table. 
One's going to have some white stuff in it. Some, uh, the other one's going to have some black, sort of grayish looking stuff in it. One's pepper, you know that, and the other, you know, is a salt shaker. <laughs> some of us are going some of us that are able to are going to put salt on our, our food. Salt seasons, makes it taste a little bit different, a little bit better than it would otherwise. We are influencers. We are salt. Salt, we are to season our world, our earth, by it. Salt creates flavor. Salt creates thirst. Salt creates preservation. In everything it comes in contact with. Salt was a valuable commodity in the Middle East region. It used to be in the biblical a period used as a barter. And even in wartime, down here off the coast of North Carolina, out, of, out from Wilmington, there used to be a salt area that, was, that housed salt for the use of salt in families and in the armies and military. As a matter of fact, the word salary comes from the Latin word salaria, salt. Those that didn't have much integrity in bartering would mix white sand with salt. And they mixed it so much so that sooner or later the flavoring agent salt in that sand would lose its flavorability. And so they lost out. It became useless. And so in the Middle East, as salt lost its flavoring ability, whether it was mixed with sand or whether it just was so, so old or, or what caused it, whatever caused it to lose its flavorability, it became useless as that influencer, as that flavoring agent, that seasoning agent. And so they threw it out, but they didn't just throw it out. They threw it out on the pathways where they walked. And that salt would mix with that dirt and it would become a hardening agent. It would solidify that pathway to where people walked on it. As Christians... We are to live our lives that flavor our society. We are to cause our culture to thirst for the things of God. We're to cause our world to thirst for the things of God. We are to be a, a preserving agent in our world. Well, how do, you, how do you become a preserving agent as the salt of the earth as a Christian? Men and women, boys and girls grow up needing to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. In order to go to heaven, in order to be there where Jesus is and where Jesus is going to be forever and be with Him, we have to be saved. We have to have a life transformation through Christ Jesus our Lord. We have to be washed in His blood. We have to have our sins forgiven and washed away in the blood of Jesus. We have to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. That is preservation of those who never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Some of you may be sitting here this morning, this morning and you've never trusted Jesus. You've never taken that step. I want to challenge you right now to be thinking about this message. Let it soak into your heart, soak into your mind. And think about the love of Christ and what God has done for you through Christ Jesus our Lord and His dying on the cross to pay your sin debt, my sin debt, that I might have life 
abundant now and eternal with Him in glory. We are influencers in our earth and our world, sharing the love of Jesus in our communities. Do you know, realize you are the salt of the earth in your family? To your family? You are the salt. You're the influencer in your home. If you are a child of God, you are the salt, and to be the salt, the influencer in your home, to preserve your home, to season your home, to teach your home, to lead your home. You are that influencer there. But not only the home. Where is the home located? It's located in a community. As a child of God, as a Christian, you are an influencer. You are to be the salt there in your community, the flavoring agent there in your community. Your town. Your city. Your state. Your nation. We are to be the influencers for Jesus Christ in our world today. Now, again, salt creates flavor, it creates thirst. When we live our lives in obedience and faithfulness to the Lordship of Christ, it will draw people to Him because we lift Him up in our lives. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to Me. We are to be influencers. We're to be the salt, the flavoring agent. We're to be and live righteous lives. Look at verse 13 again. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be resalted? How shall it be reseasoned? It's good for nothing because you can't resalt it. You can't reflavor it. Salt cannot be redone. So we have to get it right to start with. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. We are to live righteous lives. That means to live in right relationship with the Lord. That means to live according to His Word, to His way, and His will. Jesus said, be holy because I am holy. He's not talking about perfection there, friends. But He is talking about living lives that's guided by the cross of Jesus Christ. He's talking about living lives based upon His principles, based upon His standards, based upon His values. And this book gives us those values and standards and principles. We must incorporate them in our lives. We are to call people to repentance. We're to call our government to repentance. We're to call our nation. We're to call our community. We're to call our schools. We're to call our teachers. We're to call our representatives. We're to call our all people in our connectability to repentance. But when we live like they do, it's kind of hard for us to do that, isn't it? When we become like them, it's hard for us and for them to differentiate between us and them because they see us like them. We're to live our lives that are effective in influencing them. When salt loses its flavor, it becomes tasteless. It's good for nothing. It's thrown out, it's walked on, it's used in the pathway. When we stop speaking out on certain issues, we let things go because we don't like controversy. Who does like controversy? There are some people that seem to be 
those who like controversy. They like to fuss. They like to cause disturbances. There are some of those people with that type of personality. But God help them. And God help us. The church of Jesus Christ has become too silent for too long. We have sat back. We have shut up. We don't even teach and preach and share the gospel like we used to. Southern Baptists used to be known as the people of the book. They used to be known as people that of evangelism. Southern Baptists used to be known as people who cared about lost souls and went out, knocked on doors, and told them about Jesus. But we have lost that flavorability because we've backed away and backed away. We've listened to our world. We've listened to the claims of, of those who said, this world is, th- this nation is not a Christian nation, so long that we believe them. More so than we believe the gospel. The Bible. So we don't do it anymore. Or very little. And so the world looks on at us as if we don't even believe our own message. We don't even believe what Jesus said in His Word. We don't believe what we preach and we don't believe what we teach. And, and, and some, <laughs> some churches don't even preach it anymore or teach it. Friend, I, I don't... I'm not apologizing. I'm your transitional interim minister. But God help us. If this doesn't shake us up, nothing's going to shake us up. We've been silent too long. We've been silent in our communities. And our school system have gone to pot. If you are a teacher, you are a wonderful person. But if, if you teach what's coming out of the higher ups, and, and you're, not, you're not teaching our kids what they really need to know, particularly as a Christian, you're not teaching right. You may be saying, now, preacher, back on the, let's go, let's get back on the, okay. But I, I, I'm just telling you, it disturbs me what we're in and what we're going through. Because we're supposed to be influencers. We, you and I, as children of God, we're supposed to be the influencers. They're not supposed to influence us. The communities around us, the communities where the churches are, are in. Do you know why there's so many small churches in the communities in and around us? Watkins Chapel over here, Tabernacle Baptist over here, Corinth here. You know why there's so many? And, and, and yes, there, there are church splits and church divisions and, and all of that going on. Yes, I, I understand that. But it's so that every community would have the gospel of Jesus Christ in it. So that every community would be able to hear the word of God and be taught the word of God and go out and influence that community for Jesus Christ. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavorability, 
It's good for nothing. Now what Corinth has to decide, part of why I'm here, what Corinth Baptist Church has to decide is, are we good for nothing? Should we just throw it out? Throw everything away? Give it up? Go somewhere else? But the problem is, if we do that and go somewhere else, we are taking somewhere else the same problem unless we change. Do you see the connection? There was a meeting at a church youth group. And they were, they were studying this, this verse, you are the salt of the earth. And at the meeting, they were discussing, what does it mean? What does you are the salt of the earth mean? One suggestion was, salt imparts a desirable flavor. That's a, that's a good one. Another one said, salt preserves from decay. That's another one, because I like country ham. But another youth, youth now, these are, these are coming from youth, said, salt creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. There was silence as the youth contemplated what that youth said. Salt creates thirst. Well, some people say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Someone else said, yes, you can. Just give him some salt. Don't worry about that baby crying. It won't bother me at all. I love to hear it. Thank you for bringing him. Good to have you here, by the way. Folks, we are influencers. For the good or for the bad. We are influencers. No way around it. The second thing we are is we are to be illuminators. Look at verses 14 through 16. We're to be illuminators. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now I want you to get that. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. What does that mean? I'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel or a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are illuminators. Now, notice in verse 13. Go back to verse 13 and look a moment. You are the salt of the what? Earth. Yeah. But then Jesus says down in verse 14, the first verse, You are the light of the world. Jesus transfers it from earth to the world. He changes the term there. What does he mean? He means light is not limited to this earth. Light explodes. Light goes up. It expands. It it goes everywhere. Light is seen. You realize Jesus never applied the term salt to himself, but he did light. John 8, 12, he connects life with light. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. I am the light of life. He says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We went out to, to uh, 
Dallas, Texas in 1982, I think it was, when the convention was in Dallas, Texas. And from Dallas, Texas, my youngest brother lived out in L.A. So we drove from, from here to Dallas and from Dallas to L.A. to see my brother and uh, take a little vacation time with him. And then all the way from L.A. back to North Carolina. That's a long trip. You need to take more than two or three days to do it. In fact, you need more than a week. <laughs> it would be a whole lot better than a week. But it's interesting traveling out there in the West. And you, it, it's mostly flat, but there are some, some hills, places where you come upon hills and go up on hills. And usually in the later part of the evening as it gets dark, you see some beautiful, beautiful sights. And you can see the light in the distance. And as you drive on and it gets darker, and as you drive up the hill, you can see that light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Why? Because it's got light and it's glowing and those lights go far out over the distance and can be seen over the distance. The Lord Jesus three times lays stress on the fact that we already possess the light that we are to illuminate. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor, does it light a, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel. Let your light so shine. Jesus is saying to us, you are influencers. You can flavor your world like salt, or you can light your world with the light that you have if you give it out, if you display it. Don't put it under a bushel. Don't hide it, in other words. Don't hide it. Light dispels darkness. Light discloses deceit. Light displays direction. You are the light of the world. We are influencers. By salt and by light, we can influence our world today. We can still influence our world. By being the salt and by being the light. A number of theologians, a lot of Christian thinkers, Billy Graham before he died, James Dobson, and, and so many others, Charles Stanley, so many others that have gone on said this, there's nothing holding Jesus back. Everything is set. Everything is ready. Everything that prophecy has said would happen before he comes back is ready. Everything is set. Jesus could come back today. And he could. He could. But I believe the thing that holding Jesus back is the fact of you and I being here, and the possibility, the probability, the desire of our Lord Jesus Christ to be the salt of the earth today and the light of our world today, to dispel the darkness, to disclose the deceit, and to display the direction that people need to go in to find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Light reveals good works that draws people to it. Look at verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. Don't hide it. Don't keep silent. Stand up, speak up. Don't shut up. And let the world know this is who we are. This is one of the reasons why so many churches are doing community missions. Let your light shine 
Light makes visible the way to Jesus Christ. Verses 15 and 16. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket, but they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Have you ever gone into a room? You flip that switch and that light comes on and you can see all over. You ever gone into a room, you flip that switch and no light comes on at all? You can't see your hand before your face. You can't see anything. There's no light. Jesus has said, let your light shine. We have the light of God in us. We have the light to illuminate the world. That's why Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Give your light, shine your light. Remember what we used to do, thank God for, for, for children's workers who take the children back, and thank God for those who still teach this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, join me. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Well, that's what I'm hoping you will make a decision to do today. Don't put it out. Don't, don't, let, don't, don't hide it. Don't smother it. Let it shine. That's the purpose we are here. Stand up, speak up, be the salt, the flavoring agent to your world, and and speak the standards and the values built by God into your heart and your life as a child of God. Be the light of your world. Show people where to go, how to go. Corinth Baptist Church is not dead, is it? What? All right. Shine your light so that people will follow you to Corinth Baptist Church. Follow you to Jesus Christ. Shine your light. Shine your light. Be the influencer that Jesus Christ wants you to be. You and I are influencers on the earth and to our world, to our community, to our homes, to our state, and to our nation. During the Second World War, an aircraft carrier had a few planes left on it that took off to go spy out and see if they could see where submarines were. Those aviators left and took off, thinking they were coming back. On their return, on the way to return, the leader of the pack radioed the ship. We need some light so we can land. Known to the pilots, the ship had received word that they were in danger and they needed to black out everything and cut off radio traffic. So they cut out the lights and they stopped the radio traffic. They did respond to the pilot, sorry, emergency, blackout issue. Another aviator, panicking, please, please cut some light on so that we can see, so we can land. Radio operator radioed back, blackout, and that's all. A third aviator, panicking even more as they were giving out of fuel. Cut one light on, just one light on, just one, and we'll be able to see to land. 
the radio operator on the ship couldn't stand it anymore and cut the radio off. Six aviators plunged into the dark, cold North Atlantic because no light, no light, not even one was shown on the ship. Now let me ask you this question and leave it with you. What will you do today? You've heard the word of God, the message from God, to be the salt of the earth. Your earth. To be the light of the world, your world. Will you be the salt? Will you be the light that someone needs who's in darkness and needs the light of Jesus? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this day. Lord God, if there's one here today who's never trusted you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today will be the day. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as your children to renew our faith commitment to you to be the salt of the earth and the light unto our world. God, help us today to do that. In Jesus' name.